I'm your host Helen Dalthwaite Teasdale and welcome to Brass Evolution, a show which incorporates some of my favourite things, history, podcasts and of course the brass band movement. In episode 2 I'm going to be chatting to Chris Ord about his memories and experiences of the Northumberland Miners Picnic. The Northumberland Miners Picnic is one of the oldest and largest gatherings of its type in the UK. For our international listeners, Northumberland is a large county in northern England, stretching all the way down from Berwick just close to Newcastle, and at the height of the 20th century industry had hundreds of bands attending the event. I know about the picnic due to its similarity to the famous Durham Miners Gala, but I've unfortunately never attended the picnic myself. The first Northumberland Miners Picnic was held at Blythe Links in 1864. It was organised by the Northumberland Miners Mutual Confident Association and Richard Fiennes gave the address to the crowds that gathered. In the early days, events and activities included listening to the bands, of course, afternoon tea, playing football, cricket and other sports. Food stalls sold oranges, gingerbread and the beer tents allowed visitors to quench their thirst. There was also the crowning of the Northumberland Coal Queen from amongst local winners representing their respective towns and villages. This is an event for all the family and it brought together communities for music, sport, food and a bit of friendly competition. The first picnic was described in the local newspaper The Morpeth Herald as the Monster Miners Picnic. Definitely sounds like something you want to go to. Some of the most important 20th century politicians have spoken at the picnic, including Prime Ministers Tony Blair, Lloyd George, Clement Attlee, Jim Callaghan and Harold Wilson. Other key figures include Kia Hardy, Neil Kinnock, Nye Bevan and of course Betty Boothroyd. The Hermione's picnic has been held at lots of locations. Blythe Links, Newcastle Town Moor, Morpeth, Tynemouth, Newbiggin, Bedlington, Ashington and now Woodhorn. Morpeth was a recurrent host for the Miners' Picnic in the 19th and 20th centuries due to its passengers and rail connections. As many as 19 trains arrived at Morpeth Station on picnic day, it remains the most used venue for the picnic in history. Bands normally marched in followed by a banner, which represented their pit, industry, union or cause. It's always a great honour to represent your pit, even to this day. My mum can attest to how unyielding these banners can be in high winds, um, having assisted with a very small old ex-miner carrying a banner into Durham. It definitely needs six strong people to wield a banner. The banner is usually followed by delegates, notaries and the community associated with the banner. If you've ever seen or heard a gala procession, it's really something to behold and a really incredible atmosphere. It can also be quite moving. During the picnic day parade, colliery banners were draped in black cloth if the colliery had experienced a fatal accident in the previous 12 months. And the first miners memorial service was held in Ashington in 2005. In terms of contesting, the Burt Challenge Cup was first presented to the Northumberland Miners Association by Morpeth Borough Council and was awarded to the winners of the band contest at the annual picnic from 1913. Thomas Burt had been General Secretary of the Northumberland Miners Association and he was a local miner who went on to become one of the first working class MPs elected to Parliament to represent Morpeth. Traditionally, the winner of the Challenge Cup was announced at the end of the formal proceedings and the winning band normally led the other bands in the return march. Crookall Colliery Band has won the Northern Divisional Cobalt Challenge Cup more times than any other band. Ashington Colliery Band dominated the band contest on picnic day in the 70s and 80s, winning the Burt Challenge Cup more than 12 times in two decades. I talked to Chris Odd about his memories of the picnic growing up as a young guy in Northumberland. <laughs> 
Okay, well, welcome, Chris, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on board uh, as a native Northumberlander. Is that what we technically call it? Um, yeah, or Northumbrian, maybe. No, or yeah, come on. I need, yeah. I need to get that bit. I need to get that right, don't I, really? So, <laughs> yeah. for Chris, for those who don't know you, could you just give us an introduction to yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Chris Ord. I play uh, solo horn for GS Newbegin Brass Band, which is based in Newbigin. Um, it's a small village in Northumberland. It's quite a famous village in brass banding in many respects because um, Jimmy Shepherd, um, who obviously sadly passed away yeah. this, this past week, um, Jimmy Shepherd was was from uh, Newbigin, uh, as was uh, the Cars, um, Jack Carr and, um, and John Carmley. And Jack obviously famously wrote... Um, some great marches, Bram and Glen Dean and um, Dennis Todd, another great um, uh, Newbegin bandsman. We, we, for a very small village, we, we've got a good band and tradition, I think. And um, you know, we've uh, we've tried to where well, we've reformed the band in recent years, and we're trying to um, get ourselves back into the into the big time. Absolutely. <laughs> Helen knows the band. Yeah, I'm very biased. I'm very biased. But um, <laughs> obviously we heard the sad news this week that Jimmy Shepard had passed away and, and a major name in banding. We're having this discussion with a member of the JS Newbigin band and we're talking about Northumberland minus Picnic. So it's all kind of come together in a sense. We didn't plan it this way, but this is how it's happened. No. So we're, we're, I am going to dedicate the... Um, this podcast um episode to Jimmy I think I think that would be only right Chris what do you do for a day job tell us about that well I do a lot of project work um I'm a at the minute I work for Newcastle Council I'm working um, on a employment partnership project setting a one up for the council um and getting all the partners together to support people to get into work better but I also write um I'm a writer and written a few novels um which are published and um I can't what I tend to do is I'll, I'll pick pick up projects um when I run out of money <laughs> and uh, do that for a while and then you know when the project ends I, I do a bit of writing uh, writing's really writing and music are my passions what yeah. I love but yeah the you don't make a lot of money out of either of them. Unless, I know, they don't really tell you this, do they? But, you know, no. it's, it's a passion of yours. And um, yeah. I'm going to put links to where we can purchase your books because uh, right, tell me this is much. right, that the, a lot of them are based in Northumberland, right? They're all based in Right, okay, yeah, so yeah. there we go. Perfect alignment. Yeah. Again, Chris, what was your first experience of the picnic? Did you go as a child? Were you? Was your first experience as a player? Tell me about that. My first memory was as a player. I I joined Asherton Colliery Band when I was very young. Um, I was about 11, 12, uh, probably 11, I think. And um, they had a, I was in the school band and my mother worked at the local bingo hall. And right. one of the guys who went to the bingo was uh, Huey, Huey Bullock, who he ran the junior band for Ashton Colliery Band. And there were a lot of good players at the time who came through that band and like went on to be, um, you know, went on playing championship section bands and whatnot. And um, But we, we were quite a small um, crop of players and we... The picnic, I, I kind of remember, it was it was a good opportunity because it, 
it was probably the first event all the kids got involved in. Yeah. Because I think it was one of those things where it was almost like a, a stepping stone event because it was a big family community occasion. So they got we all into the band to march and obviously you weren't allowed to properly contest until you were right. good enough. Right, okay. <laughs> so, let you, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was good experience for you. Um, so that, yeah, and, and my first memory was it was usually the miners' picnic then was in Bedlington. Yeah, um, and it was we used to call it Bellington Picnic, but for some reason it was in Ashton that year. I seem to remember, and I don't know why. Um, and I was living in Ashton at the time, so it was a, a kind of slightly different experience. Um, and um, we we marched. There was always a contest, um, yep. um, and that was a big part of the day. And I didn't play in the contest in that first one, but I did play in subsequent contests when I joined Newbegin Band, which was a Limehouse band there, yeah, because it was all aligned to the pits. And um, we had a so there was the contest. There were good prizes because um, I mean the union was paying for them all. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> everybody got a prize. I mean, right. every section. Um, and um, it was quite exciting at the end of the day because you play the, the contest in the morning, and there was also a deportment element of the contest because right, you all okay. had yeah you, know, you had to be dressed a pro- lost you know, art like, right don't seem too many deportment oh, oh. prizes these days but yeah like oh. it feels like there was prizes for everything and you wanted to win as many prizes as possible right oh definitely I mean it, it was uh, and I mean you know what it's like with Ben and where there's a lot of camaraderie a lot of community element. But that's fierce competition. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, of all of this. And uh, and I mean picnic day, everybody wanted to win picnic day. I think that was one of the, you know, it was one of the premier. I mean, it wasn't you know, like a massive contest like the nationals or anything like that, but it was just your yeah, local prestige because you were playing against all the, the local pits and right. that, and you would march against uh, you would march behind your your pit banner. The, the the you know the 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 pit that you, your band represented and uh, obviously there was that close affiliation and all the miners themselves they used to there was a levy that used to come off that um, a pier to help support the band so that that's partly how the band used to you know the colliery bands used to um, exist because they, they would get money through that and uh, I mean it, my dad worked at the pit and he always used to say. Alda Pittman hated the fact that the the band they were having to pay this like little tax. Right. For... Okay. Yeah. But the <laughs> yeah. right. But on the on the flip side of that, right, they were all at this event having a great yeah, time. Oh, right. So oh, God, I... do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, they'd be the first there at the let's say the beer tent or you know the food truck yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you used to get um, used to get pot of money. Um, I remember they used to come run, and I think it was a fiver back in that, which was kind of a bit ah, of money. That's quite a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of your beer money, um, or you know, it was your money for the day, and it must have come from the union, you know. So everybody in the band would get that that, that money. And nice. uh, but uh, I mean, a few years later, my my which was my wife now, which was my girlfriend then, um, my, my father-in-law, he he was kind of linked with the union, and he used to get these beer tickets. Um, and there were free beer tickets, and Jimmy was the most popular man in the pub because everybody, Jimmy, give some tickets. Yeah, <laughs> are you, I was going to say, I, I, I do distinctly remember my mum saying that my granddad, who was also a miner, 
at the Durham Miners Gala, they used to get the beer tickets and that was like, they all went berserk, you know. So anyone who had like the stub of beer tickets, you know, best friend oh, for wow. life on that day, you know, they all went <laughs> berserk and stuff like this. But tell me how the day started off. What kind of time, what time did you set off? Did you go anywhere first? How did the day start? I, I rem- it always started very early. It wasn't like Durham where um, obviously you'd gone to a particular village and, right. and you know, and you gone to the village and you kind of march through the village and jump back on the bus and gone into the city centre because it's, you know, it's a smaller event, the, the Northumberland Miners picnic, it always was, even though Northumberland's a massive county. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wasn't as many pits as as there was in Durham, so it was never as as big an event. But it, it did feel like it. But the interesting thing was, I mean, you had all the jazz bands in. Yeah, you know, there was so it was a big march. And I always remember. So the morning, um, I, I remember Bedlington picnic more. Um, you'd get the bus to 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 um, Bedlington, and every band would have a club or a pub that right. they were based in. So you would go there, and then you would march. Um, you would do a march and I think then you would have the the contest which was around you know early in the morning and then you would all all the bands would march down to the field in Bedlington it was Atley Park Field which the march on the way down was great because it was all downhill right but if you've been to Bedlington there's a massive bank as you come back <laughs> up well of course after a day on the drink oh um, hard work <laughs> uh, I mean Durham's got a few dodgy um it would be Dodgy like um, climbing Everest or something, you know. Like, oh, um, yeah. yeah, it was it was challenging. Um, so you'd all march down, uh, but most of the day, you know, it's similar to Durham in the sense that once you march down to the field, you'd play uh, Gressford or what, and, and, and then you'd leave your instruments. Most of us would head back to the pub or there was all sorts of events on, community events, and uh, or you'd watch the rest, rest of the marches. And then you'd have your big... You had speakers and you'd have yep. your political speakers there. And I mean, again, it wasn't like Durham in the sense that, you you know, you wouldn't get the same sort of big hitters. But I seem to remember Michael Foote, maybe he was, he was speaking yep. at one, one of ours. And, and I mean, you know, I think he, he was the Labour leader at the time. So you, you would get some, you know, some big names that, 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 was, that was well supported. So it was just a great family day. Uh, I mean, I talked about the sort of competitiveness, but there was there was a lot of good camaraderie yeah, between that's the bands. It. And, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like mm. yeah, the competitive side of it. Obviously, it's even. I feel like sometimes, like you touched on before, it's even more competitive because you're literally playing against your peers, potentially from like the town next door, or even the same town. There might be more than one band, so it's like yeah. a rivalry. You know, up to eleven or something like that. But oh, then, um, yeah. but then at the end of the day. You're all you know, all socializing and, and seeing friends that you maybe haven't seen for years and like you know, catching up and things like that. So yeah, it's um these kind of events are, are just fantastic. And um yeah. once the competitive side's over, then you can relax and you know enjoy yourself. You you touched on this earlier as well that there was other types of bands playing. Could you give us a like a bit more information about that? Was there like local jazz bands? Was there pipe bands? Like what was the other sort of things that were going on? I mean, the only ones I remember. It was the jazz bands. There were quite a lot of jazz bands. And I mean, they were just the um, gazoos and the, you know, and they would swing the the batons and stuff <laughs> right, like sure. that. Was, uh, there was quite, I mean, there was a lot of them in Ashton, actually, in, in Northumberland. I forgot how many, and you don't see any now. Um, I mean, that's a tradition that's really sort of died away. But um, I don't remember any, there might have been some pipe bands, but um, I mean, it's a few years ago since, you know, I was, I was in me, 
teens. Um, I mean, I actually stopped playing in my teens. So my memory of the picnic in the early days is very, very entrenched in that 80s yeah. period. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, during the minor strike as well, I, I, we had the picnic in the minor strike and um, that was obviously a particularly important sort of um, era for us and had an, a sort of extra extra edge to it. But um, the, um, I mean, I remember the other interesting thing about the the picnic, into, it was, a, there was no sections in the sense of you know you were all just bunged in together i think right. there might have been a, um i remember I, I think there was a northumberland bands one and right yeah some of the durham bands used yep. to come up as well and um but we i mean when i was when i joined uh Lainmouth band we were a fourth section band i mean we just started from it had kind of folded and we got back together similar to what we're doing this day yeah sure. i mean laymouth and newbergen's been a kind of up and down kind of band over the years in terms of uh that kind of trajectory um but ashton were i, I would ashton were the best northumberland band at the time from from my memory certainly um they have been pretty consistently for a lot of years until greg's came along and stuff but um and Ashton always played the same march they always played Bramwin and right. they could just play it with our eyes shut and I, I whenever I love Bramwin I, I, and it always reminds me of those days because I think it's a fantastic march anyway really well written technical and, and it's got a fantastic horn part normally the horn parts are crap in marches ah, I think. yes <laughs> I was going to so, say something to get your teeth into, you know, like uh, uh, I was going to say, I was going to ask you was the specific things that you played. So obviously you said that you played Bramwin with Ashton that was your contest piece. In terms of on the march, was there any specific, like did you have a pad? Did you play specific pieces like that you always did or was there, what would you play? I mean, I, I must admit my, my memory's hazy of the actual <laughs> march, uh, yeah, march okay. in itself, but um, I mean, we will have had pads and we'll have played the standards like yeah. Saberburn and, yeah. and, and, and yeah, uh, Standard of St. George and stuff like a ballerina, um, you know, the, the the good road marches. Um, I seem to remember with Limemouth, we might have played Glemdine as right, well okay. as well contest march. Tricky. Um, I mean, the the, the car um marches were um were popular because of because of his local connection. Yeah. And a lot of so well, quite a few of the bands had played with well, Coopin were there, Coopin and Crofton, and of course Jack was famously conducted um Coopin and, and took them to a high level. I mean, they were a great band in the in the late 70s. That was actually they were probably the best Northumberland band in the late 70s when Jack was around. And um Newbegin's Hair Day was was in the 50s with Jimmy. Uh, when Jimmy first played for them when he was younger, before he went off to, to Yorkshire and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Pigswood were ours, Canny Band back and then. They had the uh, Willie Cameron, Eddie Ryder, and I think Jimmy played for, for Pigswood for a while as well. Um, I mean, that was a great front row. Willie Cameron, the Cameron lads still play for Ashton Band. Um, uh, there's Brian and Ian. And uh, Pauline, who's who's the daughter, she plays for them as well. So th- there's always the family traditions that came. Right, yeah, I was going to say, bands. like, uh, how many bands? Just can I mean, can you remember, like, roughly how many bands competed? Like, when you were, that was lo- yeah, there was loads then. I mean, like, because I mean, you had Backworth, who were still around, but you had Cookman and Croft, and like I say, um, and I mean, there were bands like Shill Bottle. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and, you know, so every small um, 
small village even had had a band um but now it's you know obviously it kind of faded away i mean ellington were were a band uh, i mean ellington were the colvines you know they're still around yeah. and, and yep. sort of supporting the band it was it was like the sort of camerons i think um or ashton um i mean the griffiths are sort of family as you know around the Newbingham band but it was less so in the 80s Tony played in the in the band but um his sons hadn't come through then because uh, yeah. of why well, they, they weren't born <laughs> <laughs> why weren't they playing oh my god uh, well I, I, was... I remember Ant when he was when he was just a little nipper you know um, yeah. he used to come along to the picnic and I mean he was just a you know literally a, a two-year-old three-year-old or something I was yeah. going to say like that just that great family tradition I think a lot of bands, even now, have got, you know, family connections with across the band. And like events like this is an you know, opportunity for the whole family to be involved. When you were doing the marches and the contests, can you remember, was there like a big following from the town that came with the banner? Or was there like dignitaries and things like this? Or was it just everyone all together? Like, did you have a good following sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, certainly the, um, I mean, the banners themselves were, you can see them all in in Woodhall Museum. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, they were painted a lot of them by. Um, I mean, the Pittman painters. You know, the the, the yep, famous yep. Pittman painters. Uh, I mean, Oliver Kilburn. He painted the um, the Ellington one, right. and that's probably the most famous one. And he's probably the most famous of all the Pittman painters. So even the banners themselves had that you know that sense of galvanization around you. Because yeah, you, you know you, you were loyal to your pit, you know, because yeah, that, yeah. that's where all your mates worked, and and you know and the, the essence of of working in, in the mines was um, it was very much about teamwork because your know, life depended on it, and sure. um, and that kind of extended in, into the um, into the picnic itself. So essentially, everybody who worked at that pit they would be supporting their band and, and march behind them, and and the band was kind of a symbol of. Of you know the pit itself and and um, and and I think you know there wasn't just bands. I mean there was, it was in Ashton a lot of the the culture itself just kind of grew up and around the pit. I mean there was the painting element, you know the the, the bands, um, there were operatic societies and and um, acting, debating uh, societies and everything. I mean you often. You know, you get this condescension towards the working classes that often exists in, in 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 the sort of mainstream culture. But um, if you look into the history, I mean, you know, you know yourself, these are are people who um, teach themselves or are taught by you know their peers. They're largely amateurs, and yet some of them develop into some of the best musicians you'll ever hear, technical musicians and. You know that they haven't got these classical trainings and gone off. Some do, you know, and that's great. But uh, some of the best players I've ever heard look, taught themselves in their bedrooms, um, and you know you get that brass tradition where you're just hearing this sort of fantastic ensemble of of self taught um, musicians. It's just brilliant to see. I think. Yeah, I think um, it it still blows my mind um, that such incredible musicians could have an extremely heavy going day job potentially literally going down mm. a mine and then going to rehearsal and then like performing it's just it just it, you know nowadays you just you just can't really get the sort of understanding of the graft that was going on during yeah. the day the poverty potentially the hardship and then to 
this like musical release of going to sit in a band with your you know colleagues family doing events like this um I, I personally just can't get my head around it you know like the fact uh, so tell me if this is the if this tell me if this is true so I had a rumor that Jimmy um was brought into one of the pits and he actually the they took like he wasn't down the mines but they put him in like one of the kitchens or something doing like building and stuff so that he didn't like hurt yeah. and injure himself is yeah. that right well the story was, I don't know if it was Carlton Main or, or, or Black Dyke, but the story with, with Jim was that, I mean, you know, everybody, I, I wasn't around then because obviously I'm too young, but the story or a new one, everybody knew he was going to be brilliant. I mean, yeah. when everybody else, all the other kids were playing football, Jimmy was practising and practising in his bedroom and he, he was, you know, he was obsessed with the Auburn. I think he, he was right throughout his, he, if people used to ask him, oh, where, what's your secret? He used to say, Auburn shooter. Auburn, yeah. Auburn shooter. <laughs> yeah, that, that, and I mean, you could tell often his technique, but also the, you know, Tyrolean melodies and all that, you know, the solos the he used to play from the back of the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he just mastered them. He was he was a, a, a terrific. But um, as a young lad, I think everybody knew how special he was. I mean, his dad played a New England band. Right. And then the story was he, he worked at um, the co-op and he, just as a young lad and, and uh, Carlton Main were playing, I think it was his competition in Scotland, and they, they took a detour on the way back on the bus. <laughs> Uh, to Newbegin, this is what I heard. This is, uh, this is crazy. <laughs> and somebody will definitely like back me up on this story, tell me this, uh, the real thing. But yeah, they literally diverted to go get Jimmy. Yeah. Well, the the, the story, the, the conductor turned up at, at the co-op and he said, he went in and he Jimmy was behind the corner and he said, right, you've got a choice, sir. And he says, you can stay here and um, play in your local band and work here. He says, oh, you can come with me and I promise you, you'll be the greatest musician here, generation. And within a week, he'd gone. That's wow. uh, and, and that's what the story. Now he then went to Black Dyke. Now I don't know if it was Carlton. Or, I think he went to Black Dyke and then changed his mind and went back to Carlton. Right, okay. But then went to Black Dyke. I mean, he, he replaced Morris Murphy, obviously at Black yep. Dyke, which is a bit a big seat to fill. I mean, obviously. goodness me, like big shoes. <laughs> eh? like, yeah, um, no pressure. And, um, <laughs> but um, the he he came. It was either one or the other, but you've got the best corner player in the world. I think he'd won the, you know, he won the soloist championship and all that three years running. So you're not going to take the risk of saying him and doing the pit, are you? No. So the, story, the story was that they given this task to build a, a fireplace in the chimney around the chimney of, of the, the the canteen. And what I heard, I don't know how much this is legend or folklore that he had gone in. Like put a brick on one day, and then you just spend the rest of the day practicing. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's just crazy when you think about it. Like all these guys going down, like literally, like actually laboring. But you cannot take the risk. Like imagine you like injured himself. You know, it's just like. Well, I, yeah, I've heard this story a couple of times, so I just wanted to check. I was I was on the right track with that one. I mean, I've heard that. I, I don't know how much of this somebody is will correct law, us. You know? Somebody will correct us. I'm sure. Somebody email us correct us. What's your lasting memory of the picnic? The, the the yeah we we when I left Ashton and I went to Limehouse Band and it was mainly because Limehouse was struggling at the time and um, they were trying to get young players in um, and the idea was to rebuild the band around some of the young players and um, I mean I was like thirteen fourteen at the time 
And they basically offered as a solo own seat. So I thought, well, this is a good opportunity to get get me experience. I mean, they were fourth section band at the time. So, you know, um, and I went in and and we, we really started to turn things around. Dennis Noble was what um yeah, was what conduct, yeah, he still yeah. conducts now. A legend. Um, and I mean I, I mean, you know, Dennis was he was a very you know, strict, strict. conductor. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah he, 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 he would go in, you, and I mean, he kept the young'uns in check. And I mean, I was quite a wild one. Um, so he, he, he put, he got the best of it. You know, he knew how to get the best out of the band. And um, I mean, you know, he really, really turned the band around. And we got, you know, we got some old players back. And now we went to the picnic. I, I think it was in maybe eighty. Or, no, it might have been 85, 86, something like that. It was it was one of them. And, and we were really starting to pick up as a band. And we came second. I, for a long time, I had this memory that we won. And you know what memories are like. And I, <laughs> you and were just I was, so pleased I was, with the performance. <laughs> yeah, I was convinced, you know, we'd won. And there's pictures. There's a guy called Mick Critchlow who died a couple of years ago, sadly. I mean, Mick was a, a, a photographer. He was fantastic, really good sort of social realist uh, right. photographer, like, uh, like sort of uh, Tish, Trish Murtha and that stuff. And he used to um, capture um, some really, really fantastic shots of, of sort of local communities. And he, he was at that picnic. He was at lots of picnics, and, and I've seen loads of photos. Of, and there's pictures of our bands kind of celebrate. And, and stuff so in my mind I was thinking oh we must have won but then I went back on brass band results and I had a look uh, you know yeah and I saw that we came second <laughs> and I was thinking oh who Good. the hell did he won it felt like you <laughs> well, it felt like you won though so that's no, I think Ashton won again, you know, bloody Bram won their cheeks uh, <laughs> yeah but, uh, but at the same time like obviously that was like even if you came second, that would have been still a great result and you'd worked hard for it, you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. it does, you know, it doesn't matter, but oh no, that's, that's, that's good to hear. I've, I've definitely seen a lot of these photos that you want about. There's some really cracking ones out there, so I'll put a link to that as well. I mean, that that was my kind of first memory when I think in my head and in the band's head, we thought, hang on, we've arrived because we were a fourth section band and bearing in mind, we'll have beaten second section, bearing yeah. third section yeah. in, in that. And, and and I know it's a march, but, you know, marches can be level as in that, that regard. Absolutely. And it, but we, we, we kind of thought, you know, we can do it. And we started to build confidence. And, I mean, within a couple of years, we, we, we won the regionals twice. We've got the national finals too. Yeah, we won Blackpool in uh, Sizzle in 87. Yeah, and so the, it, was a, it was one of those... Even though it was a small event, a small issue event in terms of the champion, you know what it, the contest itself. I think that was the time in my head when I thought the band started to believe that it could right. win and compete, and it gave a lot of confidence, and we started pushing. Like a on. stepping so, stone, isn't it? Something you know, yeah. like especially with a young band as well, or like younger, like a new mix of players, that something like that kind of event. It brings you all together, you know, especially if you've yeah. got someone in the middle who's sort of getting everyone sort of inspired and enthused. Um, Chris, where can people find out about you and your work and um, everything to do with JS Newbigin? Well, JS, um, I mean, we, we've got a good social media presence. Uh, that's where we manager, Kia, she does a lot of stuff on um Facebook and whatnot. So, uh, we, did, uh, we did have a website for a while, but I think the website kind of, I think it's been paused for a little bit because uh, it takes a lot of work, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so, a lot of bands are um, sort of like the website's there, but the, we're all on the Facebook. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah. put links to JS's uh, 
Facebook and you can have a look on there. What about your work, Chris? Uh, well, me, I mean, I, I'm on, I've got an author page on Facebook. I've got a, I've got a website, and um, I do. I mean, like I say, my, I've got an Amazon um, author page as well, um, and I've got some sort of blog stuff on on um, on my website. But like I say, I mean, my my writing kind of is sort of peaks and troughs in the sense sure, of yeah, you know, depending on what what my day job is and stuff like that. So um, I'm not doing a lot of writing promotional stuff at the minute you know it's because basically i'm you know i'm i'm concentrating on on my project work a sure. little bit but i've got a couple of couple of drafts that i'm working on one's pretty well advanced so and i'm hoping that i get something out by more out by the end of the end of that book and then i'll i'll let you probably do some promotional stuff about that but i, I you know i do stuff for magazines and in various things you know articles and that so um but you can get me books on Amazon, you know, Chris Ord. Um, I, I sell copies locally, mainly from the Maritime Centre in Newbury. Right. Yeah. Um, sort of paperback versions there. I'll put all the links to Chris's details and of JS as well. Chris, thank you so much for your time. It's been really great, you know, to hear firsthand, like, these stories and the experiences of the day. It's This is why the podcast exists, is so we, that we can sort of share the word, spread the word, and... Um, preserve the memories so thank you so much um that's been a pleasure thanks for asking me if you like the podcast please help it to grow by liking sharing rating and reviewing every episode a portion of the ad revenue is donated to an organization chosen by our guest this week it's the gs newbiggin band podcast music is mephistopheles performed by the illinois brass band (laughs) 